everyone and welcome to another episode of the Motherkind podcast with me your host Zoe Blasky where each week I chat about all things motherhood and well-being. My mission with this podcast is to help you reconnect to you, to feel happier, more joyful, calmer and that little bit kinder to yourself because I think life as a mum in this hectic modern world is hard enough as it is. I believe becoming the happiest, most alive version of ourselves is the most important and inspiring thing we can do for our children. Hey everyone, hope you are well. This week, the guest is my wonderful friend, Jessica Huey. I cannot tell you how lucky I am to have her in my life. The word inspirational gets thrown around a lot these days, doesn't it? But Jessica really does live up to that word. She went from being a teenage mother, expelled from school and staying in a hostel, to having an amazing career in PR. She founded two award-winning businesses and received an MBE for her contribution to promoting diversity in business. But having built the life she thought she desired and looking very successful on the outside, her beloved father sadly passed away. And this triggered in her an awakening to reassess everything with fresh eyes. And Jessica is now on a mission to help us reconnect with who we really are beneath the layers of roles, titles and belief systems and how to live from the heart rather than the head, as she says in the episode. So in this episode, you are going to learn how to find your purpose. And it's not what you might think. You're also going to learn why control is the enemy of authenticity and joy and why we do it, why we have this desire to control everything in our lives. You're going to learn how to live based on how it feels to you, not how it looks to others, and how to make bold choices even if they go against the grain. We're also going to talk about Jessica's parenting philosophy and how she handled the fallout from her bold decision to move her son from leafy Surrey to Jamaica in the middle of a pandemic. This is an incredible episode. It's also a very spiritual episode. My intention is that you find a real peace and comfort in Jessica's words. I think they are a balm. And every time I speak with Jessica, it just really helps me cut through the stresses and worries of day-to-day niggles and think about, hang on a minute, what type of a life do I want? And am I creating it for myself It really helps me have perspective. And I hope this episode does that for you too. Here it is. Welcome back, lovely Jessica, to the podcast. We were just having such a beautiful chat before we record. I think there's something just really powerful about sitting with someone like you. You know, we don't know each other that well, but I feel so safe in your presence that just to lower the mask... You know, we were just both sharing, you know, a little bit about what's really going on. It's just so nourishing. And I feel like, particularly as mothers, we just need more of that safety to actually just move past the whole, I'm fine, it's good narrative. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the feeling's mutual. And you kicked it off, didn't you? Because I said, how are you? And then you said, I'm good, or I'm okay. And then you gave me the real. (laughs) 
<laughs> which of course then gives me permission to give you the real and then we, we end up in this beautiful circle of honesty it's amazing how ingrained that I'm good it's good <laughs> is isn't it and don't you feel like a weight has been lifted just from that what 15 minutes of chatting yeah. somehow something's dropped something's been just allowed and <laughs> thank you <laughs> Hmm. But it's so linked to this conversation that we're about to have, isn't it? Because you talk about purpose as really being about being authentic. Yeah. And it's been a real journey of coming to really see that, to really embody that. And yeah, recognize that for me, that that really is the only purpose is to become, you know, more of who we are and has nothing to do with doing. It's all about being more of who we already are. And then the rest, the doing takes care of itself from that space of, as you put it, authenticity and congruence, congruence as well, you know. I'm so excited for this conversation, by the way. But one of the reasons I get so excited about this is because I had this, and I know you did as well, all back to front. Like I used to be searching for my purpose. I even went on like those retreats, Jessica, where they'd be like, you know, one day retreat, find your purpose. (laughs) And I used to think that if I found my purpose, it was like a pot of gold and I had to dig around and find it. And then when I found it, everything would fall into place. And it makes me laugh because my experience is absolutely the opposite of that, is that I allow everything to fall into place. I just do my healing and work on myself and get to know myself and, you know, become, as you said, more and more of who I really am. And then my purpose kind of reveals itself to me. Guy often reminds me of this, that when we were actually in couples therapy, because I was so scared about becoming a mother, and I said to the therapist, I'm not ready to become a mother yet because I want to find my purpose first. (laughs) And he always says to me, he's like, isn't it hilarious how actually becoming a mother unlocks your purpose, you know, which is what I do now. Yes. Oh, that gave me goose pimples. It's that, and I, I don't claim to understand it completely, but it's, There's certainly something in that moving towards a oneness because we become more of who we are. We become more connected to ourselves. We become more connected to each other. We become more connected to life, to source, however you understand God, right? And from that place, it's like you suddenly become receptive to inspiration and ideas because you're in flow. You're in sync with truth, if you like. And it is those ideas, the mother kinds that spring from that space of connection to self and flow and truth. And sometimes they're businesses, which will always impact beyond the self. But in other times, they'll just be, they'll be the small sort of, you know, the minutiae of life. But it's those things that are aligned with, they're coming from a place of of intentionality rather than reaction that just continue to bring us more into oneness and congruence with who we are. And I wanted to ask you or talk about first, what gets in the way? And, you know, you and I both are kind of self-proclaimed recovering controllers. (laughs) And you said in the introduction of the new book, for my entire life, I've required a level of controlled perfection of myself that's been impossible to realise and sustain. And I think so many people that I speak with every day, you know, gosh, isn't this control and this addiction to control just runs so deep and it's so prevalent and it's so common to the point where we hardly even notice it anymore. How does that control get in the way? How did it get in your way? 
of unlocking your most mm. authentic really self? Control is the very thing. It's it's the very thing that would have me move in the opposite direction of surrender. And I feel like surrender can feel quite a loaded word for many people, you know, connotations of weakness and apathy or giving up. And, you know, you and I with sort of similar journeys, you know, through our healing, we'll understand it differently as something which is, you know, much more about placing our faith in something bigger than ourselves and recognizing that often our own head or, you know, intellect or understanding of what we think is the right thing for us, which is where the control kicks in because it's coming from a a desire to preempt and control outcomes, right? So there's no space for possibility. It's an ongoing practice of trying to bring myself into a space where I can be reminded that often my plans for my life or my decisions are a distraction from what's truly aligned for me and what is meant for me. Yeah, not sure if that answers the question. You know, you talked about trying to micromanage every outcome. I know that feeling so well. (laughs) Where does that come from, do you think? Again, I think it's a sort of very early mechanism for creating some sense of safety, you know, a fear of rejection or a fear of abandonment, you know, a fear of abandonment. You know, how can we safeguard ourselves from exclusion or rejection of some form, which comes from those really early childhood experiences? And so we do all the things. We try to be as perfect as possible and we try to, you know, suppress our own feelings in order to be most pleasing and acceptable. And and we control. We try to preempt the potential of disaster around the corner, which creates this really exhausting, unhealthy hypervigilance that makes it very difficult for us to just be. So yeah, it's all of that that early survival stuff which ultimately, you know, if not acknowledged and we don't begin to kind of see it and call it out and feel it and work through it and heal, it makes for a very constrained existence, a very kind of tight, you know, black and white thinking, lots of rules around what's okay for us, extremely high standards, which are impossible to live up to or sustain. But most of all, we're sort of shut down from the magic and we're shut down to what's truly available to us were we to start to drop some of those old unhealthy defaults. Funny thing with control, isn't it? And that micromanaging and that hypervigilance is from the outside, it can look like a very different story. Mm -hmm. Like you've really got your shit together. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Success. Yeah. These are the mums who look like, wow. I have to continue to remind myself, you know, because my life can feel really surrendered, a.k.a. kind of messy at times. And I have to really remind myself, you know, insides and outsides, because that's a big part I just find so inspiring of your story, because your outsides have been very impressive. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you look good. <laughs> I think I've ever been complimented in quite that way. You know what yeah. I mean. You know yeah, what I mean. I do. I do. 
that was probably one thing that was really satisfying to share and kind of, you know, yeah, it looked this way and here's the real, you know, here's the truth. And that's exposing and that feels vulnerable to share and yet incredibly important. And so I continued to do so. Mm, Incredibly important. When you think about your purpose today, what is it? Is it that? Is it sharing more and more kind of truth? I try not to think about it in that way because sort of going back to where we started, it's, well, it's just to be more of me. And as it happens, who I am is a sort of Piscean, emotional, spiritual, idealistic, dreamy, (laughs) slightly off the wall, you know, with the tenders. It's all of those things. And just allowing that to manifest in the way that feels most nourishing and authentic to who I am. And, and then there's this also this need to honor my, yeah, my love of creative expression. And I've always been that person and it's just, whether it was dance or writing very early on, you know, I look at stories that I wrote at sort of eight, nine years old and the tone is very similar. The content is different, but the tone is similar. And, and so it's just honoring all of those things. And I guess it's allowing myself to be who I am, irrespective of whether that always feels comfortable or in line with the construct of these rules that, you know, the paradigm of the world, you know, of society that we live in says are what success looks like. And I guess as being who I am has become more of a priority than subscribing to or belonging or fitting, I've become happier. (laughs) And so I just continue with that. That lightness, I mean, it's just evidence in the book, in the tone and in, you know, just you. The lightness is just, it's so inspiring. What was the hardest or what has been the hardest or continues to be the hardest maybe of those kind of old paradigm rules to release? It's the idea that our worth is subject to our output or subject to any of the external that you talked about the outside, you know, whether it's what we're sort of manifesting, what the tangible outcome that we're putting out into the world or, you know, looking great. It's all of those things. It's moving beyond, it's moving to a place of true unconditional love for self, irrespective of, you know, and still honoring my very authentic desire to create and the ambition, which is a part of who I am and the desire to look after my mind, body and spirit, and yet not being hemmed to those things as the reason that I love myself. That's just the biggest shift, isn't it? I'm still, yeah, God, there's still such a big part of me that loves me when I tick off the to-do list and Mm. beat myself up when I don't. And we flit in and out, don't we? And that's okay too, because it's pretty hard not to, unless we move to the mountains and create a little commune. What are some of the big shifts? Um, Rewards isn't the right word, but you know what I mean, of living this way, of living inside out instead of outside in, you know, of prioritising how you feel over how it looks. Yeah. You said, I feel happier, but what else is it kind of... Yeah, what does it, it feel like? It, it feels like liberation. It feels like more life. It feels bigger, sort of more open, less tight. You know, I talked about that feeling of constriction and 
it just feels more this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stresses, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy is just an incredible, safe non-judgmental space. I absolutely love it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule, which I think as busy mums is what we all need. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash motherkind today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash motherkind more you, more me, you know, and yeah, the word congruence comes up again. It's like a move beyond this kind of compartmentalization where you're one person in one space and you're somebody else in another, or you have to kind of shape shift in order to, again, micromanage fitting or, you know, not somehow that's exhausting. And, you know, the, the decision to kind the choice of living inside out and having you know, your heart take precedence over what your head, which is just often regurgitating, you know, society's rules or default stories would have us do. And instead allowing our heart to be the sort of space of creation for the life that we want, whether it's where we're living, you know, around the world or who we surround ourselves with or how we spend our time and who we want to be. And then allowing our head to come up with a plan to sort of create that and manifest that and make that real rather than the other way around. And it just makes for an existence which feels like the truth, which feels like who you are supposed to be. And, and that is, there's a peace in that. There's such a, it's not always easy because it means that you are constantly having to more deeply dig into your own self-trust and faith in something that you can't touch and, and see necessarily. But the proof is really in the reward is in, it's just a, it's just a blessed place to be. And I, and I think that the more that you make those small choices that come from heart-centered living, come from your soul in small ways, life just opens up and possibilities open up. And you know, what's happening is your sort of level of consciousness is, is growing. And so you're attracting at that level and it's just a beautiful way to live. And how do you parent differently from this place? Because there is so much invitation, isn't there, for fear and control in parenting? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that the sort of central thing is, you know, it's that shift from, well, I'm here to shape my child to I'm here to allow them to become the most expressed, happy version of who they already are and nurture that whilst creating, you know, boundaries and a safe space in order for them to be fully self-expressed and feel and, and all of those things that, you know, we wish we'd had. And so we don't, we recognise that it would have been different if we'd had them. And so we spend our adult lives going back to realising those things, but it's part overhead. And that's where I think the reward of that, the benefit of that is that we really get to experience, you know, what a mirror 
parenthood is. You know, we get to really learn from our children because if we're allowing them to be self-expressed and share their feelings with us, we then need to hold the space for that and be able to be with whatever it is that's coming up for them. And that's where, of course, the gold is. But it's not always, you know, it's easy. It sounds great in, in principle, but the reality of it calls us into more of who we are. That's the opportunity, isn't it? What does that look like for you on a kind of practical, or if you've got a story or an example? Mm. I think this so resonates with people, but yeah, you feel kind sure. of ethereal if someone's yeah. not. Do you know what I mean? I mean, moving to Jamaica would be a great example. I'd made the choice to leave in March 2020. You know, the pandemic was really just taking hold and I was living in Surrey in the UK with my daughter, who is sort of then 21, and my son, who was then eight, going through, you know, thankfully a very amicable separation and divorce from my then husband, but we we're already living, living separately. And I felt this call to move, to move to Jamaica, which is where my dad was from. So it was home in a way, but I'd never lived here before. And there are all sorts of reasons. There was my own desire and need to be, you know, in nature, to feel space. I had this real sense of feeling just constrained and hold in. And I wanted my son particularly to grow up in space and in nature and, and feel freedom to just to be it also felt really important for me to raise him at least for a period in a place where he wasn't the minority. He's a black boy in a Surrey school that was presenting some, you know, he was happy. It was a lovely school, but it, there were also things, there were things that were coming up. And so we made the move. My daughter decided to stay behind for work and it's been difficult. It's been challenging for him particularly. And there was a lot of anger that he had and, the reality is you raise a child to express their feelings, they're going to do just that. And uh, that was hard. It's been hard to hear and deal with an angry little boy who feels that I made a choice that he didn't feel was right for him. And I have to be able to hold that space. I have to be able to allow him to express without my sort of ego's desire to kind of shut it down or go into some of those parenting techniques which are much more around you're being disrespectful would be a very easy place for me to go <laughs> in order to shut that down you know and there's a difference isn't there an expression of anger which is what a person is dealing with is different to a disrespectful child and it's discerning that and and that's not easy to do particularly when you're on your own and you're not kind of you're co-parenting at a distance so yeah I hope that's tangible enough <laughs> Thankfully, you know, thankfully we're over a year now and he's really settling. He's really settling and it's beautiful to see. It's beautiful to see. And I feel very grateful that we've, that we've sort of turned a corner there. There's just so much in that to, you know, reflect on for me, you know, and I think for everyone listening in that, you know, taking these actions more aligned to heart, more aligned to you know, higher purpose. I think there's sometimes like this kind of myth that it's all butterflies and rainbows. Oh, and um, <laughs> it's kind of the opposite, isn't it? It's like that walk of fire sometimes. But on the other side, as you describe, is just this freedom. And I wonder, how did you not step into guilt? Or did you step into guilt? I think I stepped in and out. 
Yeah, I stepped in and out. And that, again, is where the trust and the faith is like, because it is a walk of fire. I love the way that you phrase that. And, you know, in new chapters that I've added to purpose are very much, that really has been, you know, my sort of resounding lesson or learning over the past 18 months in through the move. It's how deeply do you trust? <laughs> how deeply will you surrender? How strong is your faith? How much life and love will you allow? And yeah, the guilt as a parent, there's guilt both sides. You know, there's some guilt both sides in terms of having a, an older daughter in the UK and, and ideas around what parenthood should look like, you know. And then there's a younger child and the desire to give him a different experience of life and that I felt was really, really important for him. So ultimately it has to come back to the one true purpose, right? Being more of who we are. And that is not always going to land well with other people, your children included. And yet if we do that, I trust, even if it's not in the short term, it will always be for the best for everyone involved because it's a love-fueled choice, isn't it? It's a love-fueled action. That's what I hold on to. Mm, So powerful. I believe that as well. You know, if it's the best choice for me, ultimately it will be the best choice for everyone around me. Yes. Yes. And it might just take them a while to get there. And that's okay too, because there's learning in that. But you don't want our children to have discomfort. But, you know, we know that that's the very thing that is going to catalyze them into who they are here to be. You touched on, I think, one of the biggest paradoxes of parenting. It feels so strong for me, you know, maternal, this kind of tiger-like desire to not let my girls have pain. And yet I know from my own experience, that's where all the growth is. Mm. That's been my experience. Yeah, 100%. It's that sort of spiritual truth. It's not not everybody's going to subscribe to that. But for, for me, that's very real and very fundamental and is the very thing that has allowed me or allows me not to fall into victimhood for any prolonged period because you trust that, well, everything that has occurred in my life has occurred for me and therefore it's a gift and you get to move through it and take these ingredients that are in our unique cake and bake them into something which nourishes others, nourishes yourself and nourishes the world. So we can't just have that be relevant for us and not for our children. (laughs) So true. And you said that actually right at the start, we were talking about allowing them their feelings and you said, oh, I just want to underscore it because it was so wise. You said, you know, withholding their feelings, we give them everything that we wanted. But of course we didn't really want that because then things would have been different. And it was so throwaway, but actually it's kind of beautiful that it comes up again now because when you said that, I thought, gosh, that's so true. Like, it's so easy to wish things were different. And yet, you know, that's such a fruitless train of thought because then we wouldn't have the richness of experience that makes us all who we are in this Mm -hmm. moment. So what's your greatest desire for yourself and for your children from you know, from here, from where you're sat today? My greatest desire for them is the same as it is for me. And that's to live a life which is fueled by love rather than fear. And what that means for me, it sounds like a t-shirt caption, is, is about living an intentional life where 
the choices that I make are coming from the most authentic place. You know, they're coming from a desire to lean into life. And sometimes that means making bold, exciting choices, which is scary. And sometimes that means really being with that painful feeling that's coming up or that thing that needs to be healed and leaning in, but doing it all from a a desire to, yeah, return to more of who I am rather than the opposite, which is the fear, which is the control, which is the sort of pseudo emotions, the stories that we tell ourselves in order to avoid doing that, which would be most transformative for us and our lives. It's the way that we shut down to possibilities and opportunities and love because we're afraid. It's just to be open, to keep opening and experience as much of this life as I can, you know, be of service in the doing of that. What's your greatest desire for the world? Because you know, we were reflecting at the start, you know, when we last sat down and had lunch together, we hadn't even heard of the, you know, the word coronavirus or mask or pandemic or, you know, what's your desire for the world now? I feel like that, you know, the same for me is the same I would want for for you and for my kids and for everyone. And I feel like, you know, I did this TED talk recently, how we can radically change the world through feeling and it's that. It's feeling all of it, isn't it? It's feeling all that needs to be felt, the joy, the love, but also the pain and acknowledging that. And so we might move through it. And I just feel that we are, you know, a kind of humanity of repressed beings that are disconnected from feeling and disconnected from their humanity in that. And the more that we as individuals counteract that and start to live you know, live our purpose, which is becoming more of who we are, the more that we make choices and live in a way which is conducive to our collective health, you know, and peace and joy. And, you know, you can't live your purpose and make decisions and choices which hurt others. You can't. And it doesn't mean we're always going to get it right. At least I'm not saying that I do by any stretch of the imagination, but just having the desire to be more of who we are. And if we appreciate that who we are at our core is love, then everything else will take care of itself. So it would be that. Sometimes I like to imagine people listening to this, just kind of maybe busy and frantic and, you know, pickups and drop-offs and clubs and meals. And your words just cut through that for me this morning and just reminding myself and hopefully everyone listening, how kind of simple it is but how complex at the same time, you know, that we are all love and we can choose fear or faith, right? We can choose to step into that guilt and that fear and that shame and that contraction and everything you talked about, or we can choose to step into the love and the expansion and the faith and knowing that bridging those two will bring with it, as you've described so beautifully, tons of pain and challenge and yeah it's just a balm for me that your words are a balm and and the book is a balm there's so much out there about you know hustling and finding and I think it's just such a truism isn't it that when we just commit to being more and more ourselves well you and I are examples of that you know mother kind is a direct result of me just surrendering and look at the impact look at the beauty I mean yeah your work blows me away truly Thank you. We're feeling very, very mutual. 
And I always ask the same at the end of every episode, which I have asked you before, but I suspect your answer, I don't know if your answer would be different actually, which is if you could give just one gift to all the mothers in the world, what would that one gift be and why? Oh, I don't remember what I said last time. If I could give one gift, it would be, I mean, part of me wants to say a Nutribullet. <laughs> you can say a Nutribullet. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be a Nutribullet, but I'm grateful for those. It would be this, it would be this, it would be permission to honour who they are by giving it the time and space as much as you can when you're a mum, right? But just the knowing that, yeah, when we honour who we are and commit to allowing it the space to flourish, that's the best gift we can give to our children. Yeah. Thank you so much. And, you know, the re-released book, you know, the five chapters are, God, they're just like you were channeling when you were writing those. So I would really encourage you know, if you felt at all kind of that movement or that shift within yourselves, which I have, you know, listening to you, I would really encourage everyone to check out the book. When is it out? It's pre-ordered now and it is out on November the 9th. Still called Purpose, Find Your Truth, Embrace Your Calling. And it's got a beautiful new Jamaica-inspired cover because really the five chapters are all charting that big leap, that big answering of my soul's call to make the leap and everything that's unfolded since well I will pop a link to it in the show notes if anyone wants to go and check it out thank you so much it's been an absolute honor as ever thank you for starting my day this way yeah appreciate you So that was the episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it. As ever, if you did, please consider sharing it with your friends and leaving me a review on iTunes. It really does make a difference to the number of mums that we can reach with the brilliant wisdom of the guests I have on. Also, just a reminder about the Family Reset Plan. It's my latest offering to parents. I think that we are living in probably the challenge of our lifetimes. Well, definitely so far. And as parents, we not only have to support ourselves, we also have to support our children. And that is a lot. So the Family Reset Plan is myself and two brilliant psychologists And we give you step-by-step, simple, applicable ways that you can support yourself emotionally to feel stronger, calmer, and therefore to support your children in a different way. It's all grounded in psychology and neuroscience. It's just £25 currently. And if you work for the NHS, it is totally free for you. So check out the website, familyresetplan.co.uk. Take care. I'll see you next time.